This is an Equity Mates Media podcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Equity Mates! I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down the barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Very excited for this episode. We have one of our favorite CEOs returning. Which, yes. which I think says something about the uh, the equity mates pool. You know, once they come, they come back. <laughs> that is right. Uh, our goal here at Equity Mates is to make markets as accessible as possible, and also to give companies the opportunity to speak directly to uh, retail investors. Because for far too long, that direct contact with management team we feel has been too difficult. And we're going to try a bit of a new format today, and that is to do a bit of a retail investor earnings call. Uh, Ren for, for a while. Well, up until now, this is potentially a world first. Um, earnings calls have always been with analysts asking the questions, but we are, are lucky enough to have uh, an ASX listed CEO with us to answer the retail investor questions for his company. So it is our absolute pleasure to welcome back to Equity Mates, Larry Diamond, CEO and co-founder of Zip. Larry, welcome. Hey guys, good to, good to be back and uh, looking forward to chatting to you, Bryce and Ren. So, Larry, today we really want to uh, take the opportunity to get an update on the what's happening at Zip. We've had so many questions come through from the community, um, not only on business update, but um, the new brand, you know, share price and other business activities. So, um, let's treat this as a bit of an earnings call and we're going to just fire some questions at you and uh, leave, leave it open to you. How's that sound? Fire away, as they say. <laughs> so to start, um, can you give us an update on the business? Where where is Zip at um, after Q four FY twenty one? Yeah, so we we put out our, our quarterly release for uh, the June the June quarter, which is Q four of financial twenty one end of end of end of uh, another another year, a crazy year I think for uh, everyone out there. Um, and I think if we kind of go through. A few of the a few of the factors. We'll look at financials, um, and then we'll also look at some of the strategic goals that we set. In general, when you look at our critical financial metrics, we look at transaction volume. That's a big driver of growth. We look at revenue. We look at um, transactions, customers, and and merchants, and of course, unit economics. Uh, so I think if you look at a lot of the metrics, really pleasing results. Uh, you know, revenue. We, we generated $130 million for the for the quarter, up 100% year on year, uh, and that's run rating just over $530 million uh, a year, which is just a great number to see. You know, we probably, when we started it, we would have dreamed for 300 grand to see $530 million annualized is, 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 is pretty awesome. Transaction volume, we did 1.8 billion for the for the quarter, which was up again over, over 100% year on year. And pleasingly, the transactions, which actually shows how engaged customers are, was up 
well over 200%. Okay, so that's that that's a metric that we look at very closely. It's not just the transactions, but actually customers and the number of transactions per customer because the more customers use you, the more important that we are to them and 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 the greater chance we have of building a great a great relationship. We're now annualizing at over 7 billion dollars in in transaction volume um, across 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 the globe and uh, and customers were up to 7.3 million and merchants up uh, to, to 50,000. So I think when you look at the financial metrics, yeah. pretty good. I think we 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 want to be a growth business, and that is how do we drive triple digit growth year over year, right? That's that's sort of how we how we go forward. And then you know revenue wise, seven um, percent as a percentage of of TTV. So we look at that metric very very closely, and we also look at gross profit margin divided by. TTV, which is our net net transaction margin, which we will show at the end of the financial year. So I think if you look at the financial numbers, mm. a pretty good scorecard, right? Um, and uh, we give ourselves a little a little pat on the back. In terms of regions, you know, a year ago we were really just in Australia and a bit of a New Zealand business. When you fast forward today, when you integrate with Zip, we're now in twelve markets. So it's just quite incredible to look at the growth. Now, of course. Most of the story is about the U.S., which has been a fantastic story for us. The growth there has been phenomenal. The founders are doing an amazing job, continuing to drive growth. We just had our budget review today uh, with uh, our CFO and financial director, and we looked at just what we had budgeted and, and where we went, and the guys smashed out of the park. So I think that's just good validation. When we were sitting here a year ago and we set the budgets, they've just blown straight straight through them. So I think it just shows the, the, the opportunity. U.K., uh, we went into a little bit of a hiatus last year because of COVID, right? We kind of shrunk a lot of our investment. We shrunk our expansion as we try to preserve the ship and faced into the uncertainty of, of COVID. Um, so we, we kind of put that business really on ice and our, uh, and our leader there, Anthony, um, really had a very small team and just thinking about the future. This year, we've really rebooted th- that business and we're really excited about that. They've, they're now on the scoreboard, so you know s- small numbers, but the pipeline and opportunity that we see there is 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 significant. Also, we've rolled out in uh, we've started processing payments in Mexico, in Canada, and so what you're seeing is our global technology stack is actually the quad pay stack, right? Which is a different technology stack to our Australian business, and that has got is just built amazingly well in helping us drive organically into new markets or enter markets through financial services partners or, or kind of revenue. So I think that's been great. On the merchant side, uh, the US has done a fantastic job. And globally, we've brought on names like Boohoo, JD Sports, Microsoft, you know, brands that we would have dreamed when we set up with our investor pitch for 170 grand eight years ago, I'm sure we would have had a logo like Microsoft on there, right? So it's just awesome to see them come, come to life. And now we can show up as a single unified payment brand to, to, to global merchants. So expect us to cut more more of those deals. H- here in Australia, JD Hi-Fi, uh, that logo was definitely <laughs> on my original pitch deck. And so, again, it's, it's kind of warm and fuzzy to have them on board. Um, and then internally, our, our Zipsters, right? For us, our future is not just – it's two sides of the coin. It's how well we're doing outside telling our story, but it's how are our troops feeling. And, uh, and the culture inside Zip is going – really great. You know, they're handling the pace. They're very resilient. And we focus a lot on engagement. And it, it was great to use our platform to talk about new policies and um, and, and really take a take a lead forward there. So um, employee engagement is another massive uh, metric that we track. Uh, and we've done really, really well there. So huge investment in, uh, in, in, in people. So, you know, I think by and large, we're actually quite happy with the uh, with the results. Uh, you know, obviously, the, the share market had a little bit of a different view. But I think if you look at those internal metrics, 
really good scorecard. Yeah, great. So, Larry, as Bryce said, uh, we've gone out to the Equity Mates community. We've looked online to crowdsource a number of questions. We'll get some of our own in as well. Don't you worry. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start. We'll start with a question from Morgan from the Equity Mates community. You mentioned there you're in the US, the UK. You've started processing payments in Mexico and Canada. Uh, Morgan wants to know where is Zip going next? Uh, with so many countries already with Zip, are there any other countries in the pipeline? Good question, Morgan. You know, for us, what's really important is, you know, the market is valuing the business a lot today on the success of markets like the US, Australia and and, and New Zealand and increasingly the UK. So I think the first call out is we have to drive growth in those markets, you know, otherwise the the present value of those cash flows, if you like, is, is more weighted towards those markets. So we have to nail that brief. So I want to just keep that first and foremost US, Australia and UK really have to nail. Now, we are starting to place flags in other markets, right? Because we believe that payments, payment companies have to be global in nature, right? The technology behind it has to be global in nature. When retailers integrate, they want to deal with one payment provider and increasingly customers, they want to have affinity with one wallet as they move from from country to country. So, what we really want to do now is try and bed down a lot of the markets and actually prove to you guys that we can drive growth in Mexico. We can drive growth in the Middle East. And, and, and so I think that's really important. The cost to enter a market is very low. And so we're not going to invest huge amounts of capital spinning up the similar cost base, let's say, in Western Europe. So Western Europe, Europe is a $1.1 trillion e-commerce market. We have to be in Europe, and you've seen us uh, by a great team over in Central and Eastern Europe, Twisto. So we have to be in Europe, but we're not going to spin up a huge cost base like what we've done in Australia and the US. We have to be much, much smarter. So we've got the technology. We have to enter with partnerships, right, because the technology should just, once we get the licensing, the regulatory and all those requirements, hopefully it's really just a sales and marketing front, and, and our platform can deliver the products and services. So I think we've got a good footprint today. We would like to see, as I say, a bit more in, in uh, Western Europe. I think that's an important place for us to play. Um, but we don't want to put huge cost into that equation. So we have to leverage the efficiencies in the platform. And that's why I spoke about earlier. The QuadPay stack is a fantastic stack, and it's just proven already to you guys. The fact that we can just turn on in Canada, we've gone live in Mexico. We didn't make a huge song and dance. We just opened it up, and we're now going to start rolling. So that's what we want to bring uh, to the the global expansion story. Larry, this one comes from Cody and he's interested to know how you see Zip's competitive advantage versus the other buy now, pay later players. And uh, given the latest announcements from PayPal, which we already knew was coming, but also Apple, you know, uh, how do you see yourselves against those and, and are planning accordingly? Every day we hear about another pay. Next week, we're going to hear Bryce pay. Uh, I've, I've heard, I've heard rumors, <laughs> uh, right? And so I think the good news is, you know, for when we started this eight years ago, it was a relatively, un, buy now, pay later was relatively un, unknown. So I think the great news is the awareness is just going bananas. And in fact, it's bringing the future forward, right? This idea that you're getting to the total addressable market, the TAM is bigger today because of these, these players entering. So I actually see that as a, as a positive now, competition. If we were if we were fearful of competition, we never would have taken our first step, right? I mean, I remember my mother telling me, "How are you going to do it? There's the banks, there's PayPal. You're going to need billions of dollars of capital. You're raising a hundred grand." So I think what you see in our business is fearless attitude, and 
but you do have to play the long game. Not, 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 and, then, so, and that's what you've seen here today. So we are, we are fearless. We think competition is healthy and a rising tide is lifting all boats and increasing the total addressable market. Now, what that's doing, I guarantee you, because Apple, and this is all speculation, we haven't seen Apple or Goldman's come out um, formally and actually say anything. But if you were to assume it's true, what are all the other technology businesses and all the other uh, financial services firms going to do? They're going to get a bit of FOMO. Right, they're going to get a bit of FOMO. They're going to go into their boardrooms and they're going to start thinking: Do we buy? Do we build? Do we innovate? Do we partner? And so, I think we show ourselves to be amazing partners. We've partnered with merchants. We've partnered with payment platforms. You know, we've even integrated into banks before. So, if we can become the stripe of BNPL, have amazing technology and API infrastructure to enable BNPL everywhere. I think we can actually be part of this rising rising tide. And, and so we do back ourselves to cut transformational deals and inject ourselves into the ecosystem of payments, not just at web checkout, native apps. We can plug into financial services businesses so that they can offer BNPL to their, to their customers. So I think that's, that's on the competition front. I think where we are different is our DNA is installments. It's quite different to a business that's just rolling out a feature or, you know, plugging a hole here or plugging or plugging demand. So, when you think about Zip, we want you to think about zipping a transaction, and that's whether it's a $200 and you pay it back in a couple of weeks, whether it's $2,000 and you pay it back in uh, six months or 12 months, or whether you're a small business paying installments, you want to zip a transaction. And I think when you look at that versus the, uh, the overall peers, that is very, very different, okay? So being able to zip a transaction everywhere and focus on that entirely means whether it's closed loop, open loop, you can, you can spin, spin a transaction. The second big differentiator is that we are one of the very few global BNPL players. So we are investing heavily in getting licenses, regulatory, and covering all that stuff in these markets so that our promise to the merchant is integrate once and behind the curtain, we'll do all that hard stuff. We'll go into difficult markets. We'll go and get licenses. We'll handle the conversion and the, and the, and the economics. And I think thirdly, we make money both from merchants and also customers, and what that means is we're happy to, to charge customers if it's fair, transparent, easy to understand. Customers can pay, are happy to pay for value. So it means we can actually play in any category. Some categories have very low gross profit margins. They can't sustain very high merchant fees. Some categories have very high gross profit margins and can handle high merchant fees. So our ability to play in all categories will mean we can actually be part of all all uh, all uh, payments. So uh, it is noisy. Yes, it is noisy. And analysts do get scared about that. We get invigorated. Larry, you mentioned there uh, zip biz, um, which when we look online, there's there's a lot of excitement ar- around that, I guess, that element of your business. Um, some sentiment online thinks that Afterpay is going after consumers and Zip is going after businesses. So I guess uh, the first question is, is that accurate? And then the, the second question is, uh, how do you think about the competitors in the business space, you know, players like Square and, and, and the like? If you just look at the differences between us, I mean, we, we, we're all about the consumer. And so if you're buying, you know, a dress for $200, paying that back in eight weeks is reasonable because, you know, it's time to get a new dress after, uh, after eight, eight weeks. If I get the, uh, the furniture or the mobile phone, A, I can't pay it back in eight weeks. It's like a mortgage and I need more affordable time, 6, 12, 24. And um, so we play right across that spectrum, right? After pay, 
is very focused on their on their pay in full. And so we've put four billion dollars in long term consumer finance through our through our platforms. We have heritage in. So that's why we say Zip should be able to tr- split any any transaction. Know us for 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 that. And I, if I look at the peer set here, it's pretty good pretty good competition, right? So I think we're in a good place there. But again, a small business for us in a way, uh, particularly, you know, tradies and micro proprietors, the credit risk is almost like you're taking credit risk on the principal on the person. You know, it's very different to a big capital loan. You're looking at the company's balance sheet. And so we see small business as a huge opportunity. We integrated into Facebook. So a small business can effectively buy advertising, acquire a customer, customer pays, and then and then sort of pay, pays us back. So um, we kind of see that as our, as our frontier. Now, we are going to bump into competitors like Square, the banks, and, and so forth. I think Australia, we are uniquely placed in building out the ecosystem, right? This idea, imagine this world where a customer opens up their Zip wallet, goes to a merchant that's that's offering zip. Now that customer could be a customer paying in could be paying, you know, getting a set of AirPods, could be a customer going and getting a television, right? So short and long installments. It could be a small business getting computers for their uh, for their for their business. Or it could be a customer who says, "You know what? I don't want to pay on credit. I want to pay now from my from my bank account." That then goes into the merchant who's offering zip. All that all that money gets settled into a Zip merchant account, and now that business can now shop online using their Zip wallet, either from funds that we've issued as credit or from funds that we've lent them. And so you can kind of see this amazing ecosystem. Now it's going to take a while to get there, but I think in Australia we've got a really red hot chance of building that out. In in other markets, we take a bit of a different approach, going early with the with the consumer. Uh, to close out, sort of business update on the reporting side. This this one's from Colin, and he says, "When does Zip project to be?" net profit after tax positive and how do you intend to achieve this given your margin and cost structure that make it seem quite challenging? A good question, Colin, <laughs> right? Um, I mean, at, at the end of the day, we have to deliver value for shareholders and value to shareholders ultimately, you know, the most common method that people use is forecast out cash flows over five, seven or 10 years at a, at a terminal value and discount that back to the present value and then divide that by the number of shares. Uh, now, you, you, you're going to have to make a number of guesses, right? And this is what the analysts do and everyone does. Well, what actually is going to be the total volume that Zip's going to generate over the next 10 years? Also, what are the margins that Zip's going to generate over the uh, over those uh, over that volume? And what's the cost structure to support that that business, right? And you and you and, and, and you got to make a call. I think what we've proven here here in Australia is. You know, we've been cash flow break even for 10, 10 quarters. So we show that we can control our costs. Um, but we are investing in growth. Now, to do that, it's important as you invest in growth is it's not just growth at all costs. So you have to you have to be able to see it, see the key metrics and then extrapolate out and then go, OK, based on those assumptions, do we think that um, the business kind of gets there? So what you need to look at is what is our revenue as a percentage of, uh, of of TTV. Now, revenue, as you remember earlier, comes from both customer fee and merchant fee. And as I, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, it's not just merchant. We drive a lot of income from fair and easy to understand customer fees, which arguably are less at risk from competition. So we actually have, we, we believe we have quite a robust revenue profile, but you have to look at revenue divided by um, TTV. Then we look at our costs being cost of debt, bad debts, and processing costs to get to a gross profit. 
Yep, and that's what also people call a net transaction margin. Um, and and so I'd encourage you to look at those metrics. And if those metrics suggest, which which we believe they do, good unit economics, as you pump more volume through that, you'll start to get the operating leverage coming through gross profit and funding the cost base. So the cost base, so that's, that's sort of the view that we're taking, all right? And we are driving to net profit, but it just is being pushed out a few years because the opportunity before us is, 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 is so big. But we're starting to get the synergies through the cost base. And as I mentioned to you earlier, us launching in Canada and Mexico, if we took the original approach, would have cost us huge amounts of money to build the product, the technology, the kind of infrastructure. Uh, so we are very mindful of profitability because that's what drives present value of, 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 of cash flow. But if you look at you know, revenue as a percentage of TTV was 7%, um, net transaction margin, uh, we haven't released the latest figures to market. We'll do that soon. Um, but if you look at our last our last half year, you'll, you'll, you'll see that. And uh, the other point is that the capital is recycling. We Our capital used to recycle every six to 12 months. Then it was six months. Now it's every three months. So we're also getting a much higher return on capital, uh, which then means that we need less capital to drive that that revenue. So if you look at that, those charts that we've shown in our recent results, uh, that will that, that shows you that as long as we keep the net transaction margin looking healthy and we drive fast return on capital and we don't let our costs get ahead of ourselves in the, in the, fi- the fixed cost as, as a percentage of, of those metrics, then it's just backing us to actually deliver on those on those goals. So, Larry, let's let's move on from business update and talk about brand. Uh, we've had a lot of a lot of questions come in regarding this, so let's start at the top. I think the big question is the rebrand. What was the decision behind that? Yeah, good, good, good question. So, we believe, as we've touched on earlier, that we, we we've had brands that have been designed for local markets, whether it's Zip in Australia, QuadPay in the in the US, and so we are moving from local regional markets to really becoming a global payments brand. And, and so investing in a single brand, uh, a brand that customers and merchants can trust, you know, trust is one of the most important factors in, uh, in brand affinity, particularly in, in financial services, and really show up in all markets as a single unified front. So that really was the genesis and, you know, not really controversial at all, was always in the plan. QuadPay itself was an incredible brand to support mm. the growth of pain for in the category. It literally means pain for. And 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 has been a fa- you know really a fantastic story there. As as Zip came about and, and we looked at the future, as I sort of touched on earlier, zipping a transaction that's paying four, it's paying six, and sort of paying twelve. So we also needed a brand that can flex and scale with us because we're not going to be just known for uh, paying four, but we are going to be known for moving at zip speed, which is uh, what all the you know the whole team in the US has been incredible. Like they innovate, they hustle, they move quickly, and it just resonates incredibly well. So we needed a brand that can really extend with us every, everywhere. And when merchants integrate, they don't see Twisto in Europe or Spotty in uh, in the Middle East. They see Zip, and what Zip means is integrate once, and behind the curtain, we'll handle all the complexity, regulatory, licensing. Um, and customers equally, if they're doing cross-border, Mexico into Canada, um, Mexico into the US, you know, Canada, you need a single a single brand. So I think that that was really uncontroversial. It's really the timing, and for us, you know, we felt this was this was the uh, the best time. A lot of, we got a lot of great global retail relationships, uh, and, and as we take them global, this was a really important part of that equation. Now back here in Australia. You know, I, I think there's definitely been a little bit more shock, right? Moving from, you know, even for me, I, I wear this brand every day on my shirt and it's quite a, it's a very visually different, different, different logo. Mm. And it does take a fearless brand to, uh, to change. But, um, 
if you look at the brand itself, driving purpose, driving mission, putting merchants and customers at the center of all that we do is really important. And brands that have good mission, good why do succeed over, over time. And I think one of the other elements is when you see Zip, you know Zip. Not, not a confusing logo, Mark. If you remember, when we go overseas, we're, we're going to be dancing with, with elephants. We're going to be competing with pretty strong brands out there. We need something unique. We need something that is distinct. When you see it, you you know it. And really, this was a, 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 a great design. The feedback from merchants has been really positive because they see how it can actually work together. Uh, and uh, and we'll be rolling out, you know, later later next month with with the brand across a, a, across all the markets. And we are, we are pretty excited about it, mostly because we get new merch. Everyone loves merch. That's right. So, Larry, before we move on to share price and other bits and pieces about the business, we will just take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So in terms of share price, Larry, there's a lot of noise around the short-term price movement. You guys reported a pretty amazing result, yet saw a, a drop in share price and Many of our audience are invested in Zip. So how many times, I guess, do you spend focused on today's share price versus the sort of tomorrow's business? Yeah, and look, uh, I empathize with everyone out there because I am also a, a shareholder. shareholder, right? <laughs> so I feel I ride the ups, I ride the downs, uh, but I'm still here. I think that's, that's the important. And so, and so are the rest of the Zipsters equally excited about the opportunity. Uh, of course, though, Look, it, you know, it's it's not it's not great to see uh, people lose having bought at higher prices and, and then suffering where it is today. But I think as long as we are still confident, we're still passionate, and we believe that the opportunity before us is is enormous, then we must go. And so, I mean, ultimately, vindication will be in in the results, right? There's a lot of short. We can talk about some of the other short term volatility vectors that that might be playing out here. But as long as we focus on the long term, which is around that transaction volume, the revenue that comes off it, the gross profit and the net, and the cash net profit, then we get to a, a, a great result. So we do try and focus on the long-term fundamentals, but it is important to keep markets informed and ensure that um, there is no confusion out there. And so we are spending a lot more time, I would say, with the feedback that we're hearing you know, a, a, you know, from equity mates community, from hot copper and just in general, we are taking that very seriously. And so we're doing a lot of work internally on a couple of fronts. One is we are in market for uh, an investor relations head to, um, you know, Pete and myself have done a lot of investor relations, but actually bolstering our investor relations capability. We're also looking at how we talk to you guys, the retail investors, 
Some people call call us the punters, right? <laughs> uh, uh, we are doing a lot of work around how we can talk to you guys, how we can communicate and create more of a more of a dialogue because we do think um, there is asymmetry. And it's important for us to democratise access, not just to the instos, the big end of town who get meetings in rooms with rich mahogany and, and lovely Evian water. We've had a meeting in a room with rich mahogany with you, right, Larry? <laughs> there, was no, there was no Evian. It was just tap water, buddy. Uh, and like we're all about putting people at the centre. It's not just customers and merchants. It's investors. And I think we're incredibly fortunate that we've got such a huge retail base. And I think if we can just work better together. Um, in America, we see there are, there is the GameStop and Reddit phenomenon, but, you know, that, that's at the other end of town. Mm. But this, this world where consumers and investors can actually be the same thing. People can sign up to our products. They can invest in our business. And I think, therefore, there's a lot of alignment there. But, yeah, we've got to do a better job at talking to our retailers, uh, retail investors. There's well over 100,000 of you guys, right, which is just awesome. And so we, we, we've got to do a better job. And we are listening. So, Larry, you mentioned there some other short-term volatility vectors. Um, and, and one that comes up a little bit online is around shorts and, and the volume of short interest um, in Zip. How are you thinking about the short volume? And is there anything Zip management's doing to, I guess, address this? I think uh, we've obviously seen the short volume. It's always been a little bit high for our for our liking just kind of generally relative to our peers. Uh, and then definitely over the last few months, we've seen a huge, a, a huge uptick. Um, we were at one stage, you know, on shortman.com, we were like, we were one or two, um, and it's ticked over 10, 10%, um, which for us personally, as our, as our team and long-term investors, we, we, we are not very happy about. And we're trying to, we're actually trying to understand exactly what is going on here. Uh, we are talking to some of our advisors to, to, to understand where, where it's coming from. Um, there's nothing like the retail army fighting fighting the hedge funds we you know could be could, could be one way to blow them away uh but also <laughs> just some additional information when we did the when we did the 400 million dollar unsecured convertible note earlier earlier this year bank of america did what they call a delta hedge which is for some of the instos coming in they wanted to uh protect themselves on on the share price and so there was some volume that came into that that Delta hedge, nowhere near the volume that we're looking at today, but that definitely is a fact. It's also why you see Bank of America moving sometimes on the uh, substantial share uh, notice. Uh, so there was a little bit of shorting associated with that. Is it bad? Is it good? It was actually a really important part of the structure, which ultimately meant that instead of raising capital at prices of today, the strike price is well over $12. So that's actually a real positive for, for shareholders, saying to you guys, we're not going to raise money at today's prices. We're going to raise money at tomorrow's prices of $12 plus. So it, it, it was a piece. But we're still trying to get to the bottom of exactly what's going on here. Obviously, there are some institutions trying to take a bet against Zip, bet against us. And, and, and we take that personally, right, because it's basically a bet against us. It's a bet against all the Zipsters here working <laughs> their ass off trying to do the impossible. So we're going to hold firm. Nice. I guess in terms of the the share price at the moment um, down from where it was at it, you know February highs um, this year, that the risk is um, the need to tap capital markets at such a, a low price. H- how do you think about Zip's need to raise further capital? Um, what's what's the balance sheet like at the moment? We, we only raised that four hundred million dollars a few a few months ago, mm. and and really it was spawned from 
discussions. We're also having sort of board level talking about our aspirations and, and growth opportunities around the world, particularly in the US, but also also around the world. It's actually why we went bigger than, than what we would have expected. Um, you know, we've, we've been generating, as we sort of touched on earlier, good, good, good cash flow break even um, over, over here in Australia. And that, this gives us really growth capital uh, to kind of go. So balance sheet looking very good. It's covering us for, you know, ultimately it's really our choice how hard we we want to go. And so what this did was give us a lot more flexibility in, 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 in how we grow. Um, so I'd say the balance sheet is in a very good place. The coffers are fill and, uh, and, and that should cover us for, for the good journey. And so we did that as well ahead of, we were having discussions as to when is the best time to go and what is the right structure to go with. And earlier this year, we took the view that the unsecured convertible note market was really competitive and this ability to get very low cost, 0% coupon, get um, raising capital at future stock prices uh, and going early and going big was was the move. And that's exactly why we did that because we, we don't really want to be subject to short-term share price volatility. We need to kind of have the coffers filled so we can focus on execution. Yeah. Larry, I think we've uh, grilled you enough about the share price here. I, I think I, I want to, <laughs> as we move on to other business, I think it's worth noting that Bryce and I both are long-term investors and every expert we speak to, you know, talks about the benefits of long-term investing. And I think, you know, Zip obviously had a massive run up post-COVID, uh, hit that February high, but you just have to zoom out on the stock price and and a lot of investors have done incredibly well. So, I think it's good you're focusing on the long-term business and investing for growth. But look, we're not here to compliment you. We're here to ask you all the hard questions. So <laughs> we'll, um, we'll get into some uh, other business. So one thing we saw a little bit online was around um, the new partnerships that Zip's announcing and uh, an area of criticism is around a, perhaps a lack of communication around some of these partnerships. Do you, do you think that's fair? How, how, you, how do you think about that, that criticism? Yeah, look, I think I think it's fair. I think we need to understand when do we need to speak, uh, and 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 how do we speak, right? So there's obviously a lot of news flow that's happening every day at Zip. New merchants are rolling out on the platform every day, and you can see that publicly. When we when we went live with you know Boohoo or Microsoft or, or JD or or JD Hi-Fi, now we we report quarterly to the stock market it's not an obligation anymore we 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 passed that obligation a couple of years ago so we're doing that though to keep the investor community updated right and where we bundle it all together and every 90 days which is not that long <laughs> we basically summarize it all yeah so in in the most recent one we heard about the likes of microsoft we heard about the the stripe and and adian partnerships um if it's big and meaningful and we think it warrants its own, then we will put out a specific release. We've done that in the past with regards to maybe JD Hi-Fi or uh, Amazon, and, and, we'll, and we'll continue to do that. Uh, but I do think that, and this is kind of what I was touching on earlier today, there might be better ways for us to update the retail investor community who uh, it might be hard to see which merchants went live, what products rolled out, but it's not necessarily market-sensitive. Right, ASX also slaps you on the wrist if you try and push out news flow that's not market sensitive, and you're using it almost as your uh, news news channel, which we do get away with. Um, but uh, we do want to see if we can create a better communication dialogue, right? And and so we're actually talking about internally. Some companies write new newsletters, videos, whatever it is. But we are trying to see if we can provide better, better, better updates. In the old days, 
before the internet, you know, Westfield used to send out newsletters every um, every second month to their retail shareholders because they were so excited by the brand and, and what was happening. Not necessarily because it's market sensitive, but to give people a bit, of, a bit more of an inside scoop as to how things are going. Uh, so all I would say today is we are internally thinking about how we do a better job. If it is material and sensitive, we will include it. Otherwise, it will be in our in our 90-day update, which is a bit of work, but we're happy to continue doing that, right? Because I think it's great to show how things are going. You could argue it's too short-term focused. And in fact, when people look at the US, they legally have to report quarterly. And that yeah. can change, right? It can change how businesses think about running, running the business. If you're focused mm-hmm. on quarter-on-quarter growth, look at Amazon. They went for real long-term value creation at the, mm-hmm. at the under, other end of the spectrum. So, Larry, right now there's a Senate inquiry in Australia into mobile payments and digital wallets, and uh, it feels like there's a lot of, I guess, fingers being pointed might be the way to, to phrase it. Um, your co-founder, Peter Gray, uh, criticized the banks for anti-competitive conduct. The banks turned around and criticized Apple for anti-competitive conduct. So, there's a lot of noise coming out of that, that inquiry. Given we've got you on, on the show, can you explain uh, the concern that Peter raised in the inquiry? It's, it's, it's always good to see fintech banks and technology companies all coming out and having a say. <laughs> oh, always good. You know what? What Pete was touching on uh, one of, one of the number one reasons when customers close accounts. So we track everything. We have uh, our customer service team actually working really closely with our with our product teams every single day. So you know, if we hear things and see reason codes, we try and get to the root cause and then understand how we can fix it. And one of the top reason codes for closing a closing a zip account is because of the banks. Right, that's just that's just fact. And so what Pete's touching on is there's obviously conversations going on there when they are applying for a mortgage where we feel that they are do you call it third line forcing, they're basically getting them to close their their zip accounts. And if you're only paying forty dollars a month, surely that is affordable when you're applying for mortgages and, and doing your responsibility checks. So we think there's something funny going on there. And I, I, I wouldn't hazard whether they might be closing the zip account offering a mortgage and then giving them a credit card or paying for product. I, I'm pretty sure that's happening too. So that's that's what we're calling out. We, we, we feel that's that's um, unfair uh, and that's what Pete was sort of touching on. And then uh, I think we saw that play play out a little bit in the, in the press. <laughs> Fair call. Um, Larry, we've seen uh, online the rumor mill in full flight when it comes to takeover. It be it uh, talk of Klarna and also Bank of America buying Zip. So, given that we have got you right now, are you able to address, address these uh, concerns or rumors? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Ask me anything, as they say. <laughs> uh, so, I think uh, so. We, we, we touched the Bank of America substantial shareholder notice was linked more to the Delta Hedge short borrow that was part of the unsecured note, and then probably their their prime broking relationship. So, yeah, we really. Probably there's no need to look into that too much as that comes out publicly. The Klarna news featured in Street Talk, which, as we know, is the greatest rumor mill of all. They've <laughs> had many rumors about us in there that have turned out some to be true and some to be completely not true. Uh, and uh, all I will say is that we obviously review our register every couple of weeks, every every month, and we can see exactly all all shareholders. Um, if if a shareholder becomes meaningful i.e. substantial, they legally have to put out a uh, disclosure once they get about 5%. Because if you're below 5%, it's not really meaningful, it's not really substantial, 
you can't call a shareholder meeting. You can't, you can't, uh, um, you know, have a crack at the board, cause for spill, do, do, do all of these things. So I'm just, you know, counsel the community to really look at more substantials. And unless you see a substantial, let's just assume it's business as usual. Now, Larry, while we're talking rumours, uh, there's obviously a number of rumours out there around a potential US listing. I think, uh, you know, that really went into overdrive after Afterpay and Sezzle have both um, sort of indicated that they're going to list in the US. Is a US listing on the cards for Zip? Yeah, so that was that was in the press a while ago. And, you know, we, we, we never actually stated that we were doing that. You know, the media sort of, again, embellished and, 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 and put that out there. Uh so unlike the peers who have come out and said they are listing on the US, Zip, Zip has not said that. So um, now the question for us, though, if we're talk- talking about shareholder value creation, uh, as a board with our advisors, we're always looking at how we maximize value for our, for our shareholders, right? And, and it, it could be around access to capital, relative multiples, whether it's revenue multiples, EBITDA multiples. And so what I would say is we're, we're always going to look at it. You know, I'm, I'm an ex-investment banker. Uh, and so these are things that we talk about all the time, particularly with, with my chief of strategies, how do we maximize value for, for, for shareholders? Um, never say never, but uh, th- there are no immediate plans to, to drive a US listing. And what about all the retail investors? I mean, you know, like that's how do we, if we do it, how do we take them on the journey? Because um, we think we've got a, a, a lot further to, to run. So I wouldn't ever take it off the cards, but if we were to do it, we would have to think seriously about our, our our supporters and how we and how we take them on the journey and that's a bit that's that, that's a little bit harder to do not impossible uh, but uh, we'll always look at all options nothing currently on the cards. So Larry, before we uh, move to closing comments for our retail investor call here with you, final question from the community is around the digital currency that Zip seemed to be entering into, um, are you able to shed any more light on that and uh, provide any more information? Yeah. So some people say the uh, the financial diet of the millennial is, is BNPL, crypto and, and fractional shares. Sounds about uh, right. <laughs> is, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So we only do BNPL. What about the other two, right? So I think you know, BNPL is a great entry product. Um, it's, it's why the banks are looking at it because you can sign up quickly. It's a great product for customers because it's um, fee-free. It's, it's, it's interest-free. It's easy. But the question is how do you drive more uh, lifetime value, L- LTV? And so the question financial services players like us need to think about is, well, what else should go into the wallet to drive, drive engagement but also drive uh, long-term value creation. And so when we survey customers, crypto is definitely one of the big one of the big items. And for us, how we can give customers a way to pay, save, and invest is 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 really important, but it has to be linked to our mission, right? And our mission is to be the first payment choice everywhere and, and every day. So we're not just going to be a, a vault that you put your gold bullion with us and don't use us every day. It must be, okay, this means that my zip virtual card, my zip credential is the reason that I'm going to pay every every day. So that's how we in our product teams think about what we put into the app, how we drive people opening up the app and 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 sticking very, very closely. So we think we think crypto is is a great space to play. Digital currencies are obviously gaining enormous storm and uh, the investment coming not just from, you know, you're seeing the big end of town really, really wake up. So it's all, you know, our view is that, that it is a a form factor and currency that is here to stay. Uh, and then over time as well, as volatility reduces, 
and, and it turns less into um, you know, a crazy investing market, it, it will become an asset class. Uh, so we are, we are looking at it as we are looking at a range of those other features that, that, that we can put into the wallet to really drive engagement and where we have a right to win. Because the other thing is we can't pretend that we're going to have a better crypto wallet than Coinbase. Mm. Yeah, so you've got to be really mindful of who are you and how you're going to play. There's no point just replicating someone else's because that's not our business. Yeah, so we, we've got to be mindful on how we do that. So, Larry, uh, Jack Dorsey, the Square CEO, has come out and said that Bitcoin adoption would massively accelerate Square's growth plans just because it's a global digital currency that's the same everywhere. Do you, do you think the same for Zip? Yeah, so we do believe as a asset commodity class, it is, it is very important. What we are also excited about, uh, although no immediate plans with it yet, is, is, really more, is, is actually the blockchain technology. How can you bring blockchain technology to uh, the payments ledger and how payments are processed between customer and customer or customer and merchant or customer and overseas? And so uh, we think that can actually transform the payments infrastructure, ultimately reduce costs uh, and, and, and create better accountability and kind of governance. Um, I think that is where it can have a huge, huge impact. Obviously, wallets, as more customers you know, do see but the problem with Bitcoin is it's too volatile to currently be used as a as a fiat. You know, uh, it, it just moves way too. So until it becomes more stable, it's more more uh, an investment class. Uh, but we do expect these asset classes to become substitutions for currency, which you'll start to see wallets start to adopt on mass. But I think there's still a way to go for for, for, the, for, the, for the stability to move into those form factors. So I think I'd love to see blockchain completely redesign the Visa and MasterCard networks, right, and, and kind of almost change the, the, the balance of power between payments and the different stakeholders and put more value into, uh, put more value into the hands of customers and, and uh, merchants. Now, Larry, it's been a fascinating call. We've covered a lot of ground and answered many of the questions from the community, uh, both Equitymates community and, and abroad. To close out, I know we've, we've taken a lot of your time. What is your sort of final message to shareholders? What do you want Zip investors and, and those considering Zip as, as an investment um, to leave this call with? I think, first of all, get everyone, tell your friends, tell your family to sign up and use Zip, whether you're a consumer or, or you're a merchant. We have to get into every checkout and we need to get to 5 to 10 million active customers over here in Australia. So that's sort of first and foremost because more of that drives drives volume. The second is... We are really at the beginning of this phenomenon, right? 1.5% of e-commerce is going through buy now, pay later. Uh, and that's the current total addressable market. So we're at the beginning of a generational shift that is going to completely disrupt not just retail, but financial services. The, the big credit card companies are looking at it going, uh-oh, what are we going to do, right? What are we going to do? The average credit card customer in the States is 50 so if you're City, if you are Goldman's, who are going to be the six largest issuers of the millennial and post-millennial? And that's where we think Zip can play a major role to be one of the global players there. And that journey is literally day one, right? So um, stick with us. We think we've got a long, a long way to go. And thanks for your support, you know. Um, share with us. Tell us, you know, if we're doing things right, if we're doing things wrong, if there are new opportunities or things we, we should consider because we are listening. 
Well, I think from our point of view, this is another great example of speaking to a CEO and it just reiterates the fact that as shareholders, you know, we often get caught up in the day-to-day movement of share prices and I guess forget to zoom out and think about the longer term and the fact that management management are there also thinking very long term when it comes to building their businesses. So, yeah, we very much appreciate you coming on, Larry, for our first retail investor call. I'm sure we'll have many more and a huge thanks to everyone uh, in both our community, Equity Mates, and also um, other forums online who have helped to pull together a bunch of questions that are important to the retail uh, investors in in Zip, as well as, as I said, those who are looking to add it to their portfolio. So great chat and uh, look forward to catching up at the next earnings. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Keep well. Equity Mates Investing Podcast is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equity Mates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.